it might be worth it to delve into it. <clears throat> one of the Shvatim of Yankiv, one of Yankiv's kids, his name is Yisachar. And we know that in the Torah it's spelt with two shins. And the Shaila is, so how do you pronounce it? Usually, I imagine the Balkoyer here pronounces it every time he lanes it as Yisachar, the second sin is silent. Well, we're going to see a number of shittas about it to meet us in some interesting discussion. You see, um, diktuk is not something which is widely learned. So you just pass it through to that side. Um, Bechlal, especially not in the Chesidish world, there is a tradition that because of the Enlightenment movement throughout in the 1700s, 1800s, and they were using... Nach, even Chumish, Moses Mendelssohn made the translation into German, and that was causing people to delve into grammar, into language, into other languages, and really uh, veer them and steer them away from Yiddishkeit, chas v'shalom, as unfortunately is what happened to many. Apparently, that's why many of the chassidim in Poland, they dafka thwarted the regular pronunciation of the words. So, you know, instead of saying nu, like hanach nu, it's hanach ni that uh, there was a deliberate fight. Uh, yeah, they deliberately cha- made changes in the pronunciation of words and, and, and the diktuk as well in order that, uh, you know, that, that people really shouldn't get into that and follow that because it was a trap, a dangerous trap, which unfortunately had been proven all too many times. Yeah, yeah. The Vilna Gaon, it's well known, said that anything that you're missing in the Mudachol, you're missing ten times that in Torah. Right? Whether it's maths or science or this or that. And therefore, he was, you know, he, he was encouraging people to explore other Chachmas because it only helped you in Torah. Now, by him, it was definitely Kavon Shem Shamayim. The Friedrich Rebbe writes in one of his uh, Rishimus, one of his. Uh, diary type of things that he wrote and he um, he writes wondrously about the wisdom of the Vilna Gaon, how the Vilna Gaon excelled in all the Shiva Chachmas and all the seven wisdoms and particularly in music etc etc by the Vilna Gaon was definitely Shem Shemaim but you had people in Vilna that they were Maskini, they were from the Enlightenment movement um, incognito they were dressed up camouflaged as uh, some of them as, uh, as you know, great Hamid Chachamim and secretly, they would convince people to go explore their secular studies in Germany, in Berlin. And their kavana obviously was that these people should, uh, should become fry. One of the few people that Nichnes B'Shalom V'Yatsa B'Shalom, that went in and out with peace, was Rav Moshe Meislish. Rav Moshe Meislish was originally a student of the Vilna Gaon, and he was also, he was a brilliant boy, and he also went to Berlin. Das ist gewend was normal for those that were particularly bright, to go and expand their horizons, to go and explore. And he went, and Baruch Hashem, he came back B'Shalom, but because of that, he actually learned numerous languages. And he became very fluent with French and German. And that's why years later, during the war of Napoleon and the Tsar, the Altarebbe had him be a spy, a translator for Napoleon, you know, but in truth, he was, uh, he was to, to steal the secrets and... Um, this was part of the Altareba's work to have the Tsar win the war, and because of that, the Tsar actually 
sent the Al-Tarebi's appreciation, the Al-Tarebi was awarded, you know, a special citizen, etc., uh, etc. Et so Moshe Ma'adish was one of the very few that, that came back to Shalom. It was a very unfortunate time in history. But uh, before then, going way back when, Diktuk was, uh, was very big in Yiddishkeit. The truth is, amongst the early Rishonim, specifically the Spanish Rishonim, you had those that were Medaktikim, grammarians, and those that were Meshoirim, poets, and they wrote songs and shira. Now, the two things are very much connected. You know, a beautiful poem has correct rhymes and correct Diktuk, but poetry, besides for being an art of the mind, is also an art of the heart. It's, a, it's philosophy and there's deep in Yonim. You know, the Shmuel Hanagid, who lived in, in Spain, in southern Spain, he was one of the earliest of the Rishonim. In fact, the Ravitz Hanagid, Hanagid, the prince. Uh, so he actually wrote, he was a, he was a, in Isha Shkailas, he excelled in everything. Besides for being a general of war. He was a, he used to go and he was a fascinating fellow. He was also a poet. He has a poem. They wrote love poems as well. It's no secret. What? He would, the Ravid says he was the first of the Rishonim. No, the Ravid, uh, not not the Ravid on the Rambam. The Ravid of the Seder Hakabala says that the first three Rishonim was Shmuel Anagid in Spain, and Rav Nisim Gon and Rabbeinu Chananel in uh, in Tunisia, in North Africa. Rabbeinu Hananel and Rav Nisim Gor in Al Kairun in North Africa. Now it's interesting, the Chidot says if Rav Nisim Gon is the first of the Rishonim, like the Ravid contends, why was he called a Gon? And the Chidot says because he was in touch with Rav Hai Gon, who was in Bavel. And he wasn't Stam in touch, he was a close, close Talmud. Although the Pasha said never met, we don't have any records they met, it was only through written communication. But he was so close to his teacher that he was given his teacher's name. You know, when you walk down the street, people look at you as a representative of the Labavish Rebbe. So the Chidor says that, yeah, that's why Rav Nisim Gon, he really wasn't part of the Goinim. He had the name because he was so close to Rav Hai Gon who had the name. Anyhow, so Shmuel Anagid, you know, he writes a poem a love poem, and he says that, you know, the, the, the man tells the woman how much he loves her, and the woman says, really, when you look into my eyes, all you see is yourself. Because when you look into her eyes, you look in the pupil, reflects you. So you tell me how much you love me, but when you really look deep in my eyes, all you see is a reflection of yourself. It's a, it's a very, it's a cute idea, and he puts it in a beautiful poem. So you have the Meshayrim, the now when it comes to the, the, the masters of piyutim and poems, it's really a different group of people than are the masters of grammar. Although the two Chachmas are connected, when it comes to poems, the greatest, you know, they, they would say the three greatest Spanish Rishonim of poetry would be um, Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, the author of the Kuzri, who was a great philosopher as well, and he was a Talmud of the Rif. Rabbi Moshe Ibn Ezra, Rabbi Moshe Ibn Ezra around the same time, and uh, before them, Rabbi Shloime Ibn Gabirol, Rabbi Shloime Ibn Gabiro, who was actually a student of Shmuel HaNagid. Shmuel HaNagid paid for him to come to southern Spain. He come, I'll make a kail, I'll pay for Ibn you to Gabriel come. Was a, was a writer also. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He wrote, uh, he wrote lots of things. And uh, Piyutim huh? and Sluchis. It happens, yeah, he made a golem. He made a golem, a girl, to cook for him. He was the one that was, he made a golem. He didn't have time to be in the kitchen. He made a girl to cook for him, a girl. The Shaz, why do you make a girl? What, a man can't cook? 
Apparently not. Apparently it's not the same. <laughs> Even amongst the golems, the women know how to cook better than the men. No, it's not Bishalakum. The Shaila is a. It's not Things don't have to be Bishal Yisrael. They just can't be Bishalakum because you're worried what it might lead to. As long as the person's not a guy, if an animal cooked something, it would be okay too. It's not so much to Bishal Yisrael. Anyhow, but there's a Shaila if a golem can shecht, and if a golem dies, what type of tumid gives over? The Reb, in fact, once spoke if a golem has Kus Hamesim. The Chacham Tzvi wants to know if it could be part of a minion. Anyhow, but uh, by the way, the Shloim Ibn Gabirol, he had a very sad end. So I don't have much in the paper, so I've got to get... The <laughs> Shloim Ibn Gabirol, according to many, he was 28, 29 years old when he was walking down the road in, uh, in Granada, I think it was, in southern Spain. And there was an Arab uh, academic who was re- jealous of the wisdom of uh, this Rav Shloime, and he killed him. And he buried him in his backyard under a tree. It happened to be that this tree, because of the body, the tree ended up, you know, through fertilization, it gave its fruit very early before any other trees in the city. Word got around, and the, the investigators, they dug up, they want to see what's going on, what magic tricks are going on. Could be he poured Basu Bechalov, you know, it's brought an old farm. If you pour Basu Bechalov, it helps. To, and they found the dead body. They found the body. And they, uh, the Arab received his retribution. So Akaponim, if you, when we speak about the greatest Meshayrim, these are usually the big three, Rabbi Shloime ibn Gabiro, and just after him, Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, and Rabbi Moshe ibn Ezra. But then you have the Medaktikim, those that were involved in Diktuk, and the truth is that this is really, it's a, it's a different group of people. A little earlier in Spain, we're talking about the 900s in Spain, there was a fellow by the name of Chistoi ibn Shaprut, Chistai ibn Shaprut, he's famous because of his, his, um, I can't get, uh, but his uh, connection with the kingdom of the Khuzars, the Khazar kingdom, the kingdom of the Khuzars that uh, converted to Yidin, so he was involved with them, and he lived in Cordova, and he wanted to transform Cordova into Mamish, a center of Torah learning, because at that time, there was, there was Bava was still on fire, and, um, in the middle of the 900s, you have Rav Shredogon, Rav Haigom as a young man. I mean, Bova was still the center, but he wanted to make Cordova, Spain, into something big. He was a very wealthy man, and he paid for people to come far and wide. I'll take care of you. Come and learn by me. And particularly, he brought two grammarians, two great grammarians, Menachem ben Saruk, who Rashi calls often in Chumash, and the other one was Rabdoinash ibn Labrat. He brought both of them. They both came to Cordova, and they were both supposed to kachzich in, in Loshen Kodesh and in Diktuk and teach, and in, you know, because Spain was a cultural center, a place of the arts, language, and literature. And these two were incredible in Diktuk. The problem is they did not get along. There was an unfortunate fallout, a heavy fallout between the two. It started off with Machloikasen and Diktuk, but then it became personal, particularly between the students, particularly between the students. You see, this Rabdoinash ibn Labrat before then had learned by Rabsad Yagon in Bavel. Rabsad Yagon passes away in 942. This is a couple years after that. So this Rabdoinash had been a student by Rabsad Yagon. And Menachem ben Saruk argued on Rabsad Yagon on many points. And Rabdoinash was not ready to accept that. And Mamish, there was a, it was a war, a major war. 
he, both of them were invited. I don't remember where he started off, but he, um, both of them were invited by uh, by Chistoy uh, ibn Sharpur to take residence in Cordova, but things got really messy. Things got really messy. And the Machloikas lasted for a long time, at least the Machloikas in Diktuk. Rabbeinu Tam wrote a sefer, Ha'achros, deciding who was Rabbeinu Tam. The Chayr was in France, and France wasn't a center so much of Diktuk, you know. The Baalei Teisers didn't learn other disciplines, you know. What did Rabbeinu Tam do for Parnas? He was a banker. Contrast that to the Ramban and the Rajb in Spain, who were doctors. In Spain, they learned astronomy, medicine, philosophy. In France and in Germany, it was pretty much, it was Nigla, you know, maybe Kabbalah, but uh, not really other Goyesha disciplines. But uh, Rabbi Tam was a big medactic in grammar, and he wrote a sefer being Machria, deciding who's right and where. But he leans more towards Menachem ben Saduk, like Rashi, like Rabbi Tam Zayda Rashi. But then you have the Radak, the Radak's father, Rabbi Yosef Kimchi, was also a major medactic, and he dafke felt that Dernish ibn Labrat was right. So it remained a big debate for hundreds of years. So, you know, th- things, were, things were happening then. You know, back, way back when, Diktuk was a major chachma, and yet people that specialized, you know, what, what, you're a grammarian, a medactic, a medactic godol, a medactic otzim, different levels of grammarians. But that's what, you know, it was a whole chachma, and there's lots of tricks and rules, and it gets quite complicated. Anyhow, having said that, over time, it, it, it dwindled down, it dwindled. In fact, the Ramah, the great Ramah in Poland, was criticized by the Marshal, who was also in Poland. The Marshal writes that the Ramah was, didn't know his diktuk, and therefore his, you know, his glosses are hard to read. He makes fun of the Ramah not being well-versed in diktuk. So it's an old, uh, it's going back hundreds of years that some people cocked in it, and the average person didn't. The average person didn't. Now in Eretz Yisrael, with have written everything, so you have people that, uh, you know, it's, it's come up again. But still, generally, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not widely studied. What? Why is it important? The Tzemach Tzedek <clears throat> was once asked by his son, the Reb Marash, he says, Tata, there's a Sforim seller coming to Lubavitch, I want to buy some new Sforim. So his father said, ah, you know already the Sforim you have. So the Marash said, Tata, you always buy Svodim when the guy comes, and do you know, you have a huge library, do you know all your Svodim? The Tzemach said, said, yeah, I do. Test me. So the Reb Marash went to one of the Shafras, the shells, and he took off four or five Svodim, each of them starting with a Mem. So the Svodim had no relation to each other, but they all started with Mem. So apparently the Tzemach said had his library, you know, it was uh, <laughs> Aleph Bey's coded. And... Um, one of the Sforim he took off was Mesilus Yishorim from the Ramachal. And the Tzemach said, he said, this is a Musa Sefer. And he said off by heart, word for word, with the Reb Mar- whichever part the Reb Marash chose. And the same thing with Mesilus Chochmah, was a Kabbalah Sefer. And some of the books were Sforim of Diktuk, Mesiris HaMesiris from Rebelio Bachur. And the Reb Marash said, I was amazed, Bechlal, that my father, Mamish, knew everything word for word, but particularly from the diktuks for him. And he said, I asked, I asked my father, Tzemach Sedek, that Hasid and Bechal aren't so involved in diktuk, not in, we don't daven particularly with the, the saying the words api diktuk. Obviously, the Al-Tarebbe wrote it, but the way we pronounce it, we don't kachzich in, in the rules of diktuk, and neither l'choyre by laying the Torah. And the Tzemach Sedek said, no. Tfilo l'chud, kriya b'toyre l'chud. Davening is one thing, laning in the Torah is something else. Lady, you have to 
Exactly. So the Rebbe Marash, when he asked the question, he said, aren't not in davening, not in reading the Torah. It's an Asad, he said, no. Tefillah luchud, davening is one thing, Kriya b'Torah luchud is something else. No, 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 reading, reading, no, no, reading, reading, reading. reading. Yeah, yeah. Although there's a Maisha that Samach Sedek, it was, um, it was once on Simchas Torah that Samach Sedek himself was laning the Bereshis. And he says, V'ha'aretz ha'isa, soyhu, v'boyhu. He said it with a base instead of a voyu. So someone calls out, Rebbe, it's voyu. The Tzemach said it didn't go back. He just continued. And afterwards he said that why do you bechlal read Bereshis and Tzemachas Torah? <coughs> There's a tshuva that advaz. I don't know if he quoted it, but, but the reason is because the Sotan says, Abish, do you see? The Yidin finished Zoy Sabrocha, and now they're busy partying. They, you know, they're, they're done with the Torah, they've moved on. So right away, to make sure there's no such Kitrug, we start Bereshis. So the Samachselic said, since we're only laning it for that reason, you don't have to be so Medayik. You don't have to be so Medayik. But Bechlal, Bechlal you would, you would. So the two stories are consistent. Bechlal you would. Anyhow, so that's really what it's about, about laning. The Shail is also by davening, you know, although the Tzemach said, it did say davening l'chud and kriya b'toyre l'chud, you know, the Altarebbe does say, he writes, you know, he writes in that letter that when you daven chas to to miss out a letter or mispronounce, you have to say the words correctly. So you might imagine you should, you should pronounce it the correct vocalization. But either way, this is the story. So we come to the deal of Yisachar and Yisachar. So the minig in the Babich is we always read it Yisachar. We always read it Yisachar with one sin. And there's a reason I'll pick Kabbalah. In fact, the Rebbe once quoted from his father, the Blavik. There's a reason I'll pick Kabbalah why we do that. And that's because Yisachar was a man of learning. Yisachar were men of Torah, men of learning. They, they were the knowledge, they were the, they were the ones that taught Torah. In fact, the Gemara says in Yuma, if you ever see a Tamachachim was paskening, he's either from Shevet Levi or from Shevet Yisachar. That's a Gemara in Yuma. So Al-Koponim, Yisachar are the men of Torah. And there's two parts of Torah. There's Nigla and there's Nister. And each one is hinted to by one of the Shins. One of them refers to Nigla Doraisa, and the other is Kabbalah Primius. And since Kabbalah's Nister is hidden, therefore we don't pronounce the second Shin. That's what I think the Rebbe quoted from his father, the Belevik. So in the Babich, we always just say Yisachar, always. But we're going to see there's many opinions about it. And the Machloikas began about 1,100, 1,200 years ago. If you really want to study the history of Diktuk, you see, I don't know that much of Diktuk, but I like history. And the history of Diktuk, you really have to go to the city of Tiveria. And there were two families in Tiveria. You're talking in the year 800s, 900s. There were two families. One was called Ben Naftali, and one was called Ben Usher. Some say the Ben Usher family came from Shevet Usher, and the Ben Naftali came from Naftali, but that was the name of their families. And they, they were known as the Baalei Messiris. They had lots of traditions in the Lush and Kurdish languages. Some tiny that the shapes of the Nakudas, the shapes of the Nakudas were really carved by them. Because it was always Dabalpeh, right? Nakudas, obviously, the Yidin always knew how to pronounce the, the words that was given. But Pashtas, the pronunciation was given to Moshe and Harsinai. But it was part of the Tersh of Balpeh. It was never written down. If it was never written down, you wouldn't have any shapes, right? The Shiloh, the names, the names they could have had. The names, Kometz Patr, they could have had, but the shapes. And some say the shapes came, 
from this time period, about 1,100 years ago in Tveria. And who knows, I wasn't there. But that's what, that's what many say. But they were the Baalim Masoiris, the people of tradition, of the Lashem Kodesh language. And there were many debates between Ben Osher and Ben Naftali. The Rambam, the Rambam famously writes in his Hilchah Sefer Torah, the Rambam writes that uh, there's lots of questions in how to write a Sefer Torah, but I based my Sefer Torah on a Sefer Torah that I saw, which was um, written or checked by Ben Usher himself a couple centuries before the Rambam. And the Rambam says, so therefore it's perfect. You know, it's unquestionable. And therefore I copied my Sefer Torah based on that, and that should be how every Sefer Torah is made. So you can imagine that this guy, this guy you know, he, he knew a thing or two. The Rambam says it. But Ben Usher had many debates with Ben Naftali. The first debate that they had is in the beginning of Chumash, in Trop actually. Vayoymer Elohim Yehi. Or is there meant to be a Munach under Yehi? Or is Yehi Ur meant to have a dash, a makaf between the two, making it one word and therefore the trop's only under Ur? <coughs> ben Usher Tainad Yehi has a trop. Vayoymer Elohim Yehi should have a Munach under the Yehi. And Ben Naftali Tainad, no, there's no trap under Yehi. Yehi is like one word, and therefore, there's, in theory, there's a makif, like a dash connecting Yehi to Ur. It's like one word, and the trap's under Ur. And this was the first, the first debate that they had right in the beginning of Chumash. Another debate in grammar is when you have a word that starts with a yud, with a chirik, like Yisroel. If there's a lamed before, how do you pronounce it? Is it Le Yisrael? You have a Shva under the Lamed and a Chirik under the Yud. That's Ben Usher. Ben Aftali said, no. You put the Chirik under the Lamed and nothing under the Yud. Le Yisrael. Not Le Yisrael. Le Yisrael. That was another debate they had. But they also debated about Yisachar. How do you pronounce Yisachar? Ben Usher said, the second sin is silent. He didn't give a reason. We don't know if it's because of his Reblavic reasons. We'll see some other reasons in a moment. But Ben Asher is very well known that he paskin that it's just one sin. But Ben Aftali says two sins. Ben Aftali said two sins. Ben Aftali though didn't say how you pronounce it. He just said two shins. How do you pronounce Yisachar with two shins? You think it's Yisachar. We're going to see there's another way to pronounce it. Lavdavka it's Yisachar. You could pronounce it with two sins perhaps in a different way as well. But Azoy is given the Machlekes. Ben Naftali said, you pronounce both sins, there's no silent sin. Ben Asher said one sin. Bechlal, who do we paskin like? Ben Naftali was also, a, you know, these, these were both big people. So there was a very big medactic, a grammarian, 500 years ago. Menachem di Lunzonu was his name. And he, I think he starts off in Italy, but he goes to Eretz Yisrael. He got himself in major trouble. He wrote some critical things about the son of the Ramak of Moshe Cordovero. He argued on the Arizal and he said, listen, all the things I'm arguing on the Arizal are things the Arizal said before he had Ruach HaKodesh. I mean, the guy said, he was, you know, he, he got himself into some very hot water. But uh, the Chidor says about him, he was a medactic otzum, not stam a medactic, not stam a medactic godl, a medactic otzum, a powerhouse of a medactic. And he wrote a sefer, Ur Torah. He wrote a number of sermons. One of them is Ur Torah. And in it, 
he says that there are many debates of Ben Usher and Ben Naftali. So he's writing this 500 years ago, a little less. And he says that we always paskin like Ben Usher as if a baskol came down from heaven and said, Ben Usher versus Ben Naftali, halachika Ben Usher. So if it's takim, Menachem di Lunzonu. He was a medactic in the Titan from Darizal. So, Loitem, according to him, so too by the debate of Yisachar versus Yisachar, perhaps, it would be a no brainer. You'd pass him like Ben Osher Yisachar. And that's what we do. So, the debate started off 1100 years ago in Tveria. But it hasn't ended. It hasn't ended. Okay, with this Hagdomel, we can start learning. So, if you take the sheet, if you take the sheet, <coughs> the first thing on the sheet is the Rashbam. In Parshish Vayetze, we know that Leah gives the name Yisachar to her fifth son. Why? So if you look in the Psukim, there seems to be two reasons. You see, Reuven was collecting the Dudoyim, the Jasmines, which were fertility treatment. We spoke about it Thursday night. And he wanted to give it to his mother you know, to help her have more kids. And Rachel sees it. She thinks maybe these are the herbs that she needs. And uh, she asks Leah for the dudoyim, and Leah poof, gives her over there. Not enough. You took my husband. You also want my my dudoyim. And we gave a whole shot Thursday night. How could Leah have the chutzpah to say that when Rachel was the one who led her into the house? But the point is, Rachel told her, "You know what, Besedah, you're right." I won't take both from you. I'll just take the jasmines. I won't take your husband. You could have him tonight. Yishkav, he's, tonight he's going to lie with you. Tonight he's going to lie with you. Fine. And Yaakov comes home. He expects Rachel to come out. Leah comes out and she says, Socher sechartiche, I've, I've hired you for the night. Socher, hiring. The Eibishter helped. The Eibishter answered Leah's tefillah. She has a boy, Yisachar. Why the name Yisachar? So Leah says, <coughs> This is the reward. <clears throat> the Abish is rewarding me. The Abish is rewarding me for giving my shifcha zilpa to Yaakov. Sorry, Hashem's giving me my reward, so I'm calling him Yisachar. Is that the real reason she called him Yisachar? Maybe the name Yisachar is because Sachar because she hired Yaakov that night. So the Rashbam says in number one, Yisachar, why the two shins in Yisachar? Shnei scharim. There's two shins because there's two schars. There's two schars. Echad schar hadudoyim. One of them is lochayre. Now it's hard to know if he means she was rewarded because she gave the dudoyim, or it means because she hired Yaakov through the dudoyim. But ve'echad schar shenasati shivchasi liishi. The other is taka what she said. It's a reward because I gave zilpa to my husband. Bakapon that Ashbab says there's two shins because there's two rewards. Look in the Chizkuni number two, he says the same thing. This is the reason, you know, <clears throat> when Leah was giving the name, people asked, no, why are you giving the name Yisachar? This is the reason she gave. She's not saying because I hired my husband that night. She's saying because the Abish rewarded me because I gave my maidservant to my husband. But Rachel also did it. Rachel also gave Bilha to Yaakov, and the Abishta at this point didn't yet reward Rachel with a boy. So what does Leah mean? Hashem's giving me a boy because I gave Zilpah. Rachel wasn't rewarded yet for giving uh, Bilha. 
So it says the Chizkuni that you know what Leah said? He also saw Shalai Hayalabanim. Leah said he can't compare me to Rachel. Rachel gave Bilah to Yaakov because Rachel didn't have kids yet. She had no choice, you know. I had kids. So why did I give Zulpa? When Leah gave Zulpa to Yaakov, she already had four kids. For me, it was a chesed. I, had no, I wasn't um, compelled to do it. So therefore, God rewarded me. But because of this reason, plus, that she rented Yankiv, so the Chizkuni says as well, why the two shins? Because of the two reasons, the two reasons. So, so far we have the Rashbam and the Chizkuni. Look at number three, the Daske, Nim Yisachar. Yesh boy shnei shin, and he has two shins. Achas b'shvil mashmos de nosen lekim One, because Hashem gave me my reward for giving Zilpa to Yaakov. Va'achas k'neged sachas chaticha. One, because she hired Yaakov. The same thing as the Chizkuni, same thing as Rashbam. But shuhu loshen g'nai. Ah, the reason of sachas chaticha is an embarrassing reason. Therefore, it's not red. There's two shins because there's two reasons. One of them we want to cover up. One of them, you know, when Leah was asked, you know, why you name your son Yisachar, she's not going to say the story that she hired Yaakov. That's a very... Toysus, Das Kenin from Toysus, from Bali Toysus. There's a number of commentaries from the Bali Toysus on Chumash. Hadar's Kenin, Das Kenin, Teres Kenin, you know, Moshe's Kenin. <clears throat> yeah, no, there is Moshe's Kenin. Anyhow. So Toysus says here, ah, Toysus says clearly, ain't no cross. Like Ben Usher, like Ben Usher. Toysus isn't the only one, by the way. The Ibn Ezra says the same thing. <clears throat> because the two shins are for two reasons. One of them is that Leia Sochers Chartikha, and that's not a Tznei sticker reason. So that reason where we don't, we don't want to mention. So, Yisochar, Yisochar. Azovi and Lubavitch. How to read. How to read. Yeah, yeah, we're talking how to read, not how to write. How to read. On a get, though, there's a Shiloh also about writing. On a get. Because, <clears throat> you know, a get, you have to write also the demiscaria, the, the, uh, the way the person's called. But in the Sefer Torah, it's obviously with Tushins. Hold on. <clears throat> the Ibn Ezra Paskin's the same way. And uh, many Rishonim, the Radak, Reb David Kimchi, Reb David Kimchi. You see, there's a pasuk in in Divrei Ayomim that says Mechatzitzrim b'Chatzitzrus to blow Chatzitzrus. It says Mechatzitzrim with two tzaddiks. And the Radak says over there a rule: whenever you have two letters in a row, you don't pronounce both. You don't pronounce. Yeah. So just like Mechatzitzrim, you say Mechatzrim, you miss the second tzaddik. So too, the Radak says in the Ibn Ezra, they both link the Yisachar, Yisachar to that Pasuk in Divri Hayomim. You only say one. So we have the Ibn Ezra, the Radak, Toysus, they're all going with the opinion of Ben Asher. There's many words that you do pronounce. I know, I know. But there's a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, continues Toysus, Dovarach, or another Pshat says Toysus, Mishum Hachi, Einonikras. You know why we don't say the second Shin? Yisachar had a son Yoiv. If you look in Pashas, by Yigash, when we count the 70 souls, Yisachar has a son Yoiv. But if you look in Pashas Pinchas, Yoiv becomes Yoshuv. His name changed. 
So, what is your... Yisachar Zazun. Geheisen Yoyev. In Pinchas, the Norman has been in Vayigash, Heister Yoyev, in Pinchas, Heister Yoshev. For when is it coming to Shin? So, says Toysus, the Shin went from Yisachar to his son Yoyev. Kedachsivu Bnei Yisachar, it says in Vayigash, Yoyev. But uh, what was wrong with Yoyev? Omer Yisachar, the Tata said, Ein Yoyev Shem Hogan. Yoyev was a bad name. You may ever give a kid a name and lady like, you know, that was a bad decision. We'll see why it was a bad name. Oisifloi Ois Aches Mishmi. I'm going to, I have two shins, let me give him one. Vayikrishma Yoshev, he became Yoshev. Vahayna Dechsiv Besaydu Pinchas Liyoshev, the same person, he had a name change. He had a name change from Yoyev to Yoshev. Toysus doesn't say why, we'll see soon why. But, obviously, according to this, Right, that these two reasons are very different in why the what you know, what's the deal with the the extra shin. But according to the first reason of Tosis, which is the same as the Chizkuni and the Rashbam, it makes sense to say that since one of the shins is for an immodest reason, we cover it up, we put it under the rug, we bury it under the table, and then we would say Ben Asher is right, like the Ibn Ezra, like the Radak, and like Tosis Paskins. But what's the second reason Tosis is giving? What was wrong with the name Yoiv? So you got to look at number four, the Chidah. This is the Chidah in the Sefer Midbar Kedemus. Yisachar Kara Lebnoi Yoiv. He called his son Yoiv. Kamoshikasav, Pashas Vagish, we're in number four. Like it says in Vayigash. But Pashas Pinchas, Ksiv Yashuv. A name change. Peter Shrashi, who Yoiv, the same guy. The Kasav, the Sefer Devak Toiv. In the Sefer Devak Toiv, in Pashas Pinchas, it says. There was not a Zara called Yoiv. And therefore, there was going to be a Zara with the Norman Yoiv. So, uh, according, according to the Devak Toiv, who, who was upset? Not the father, Yisachar, like Toysa says. It was the son. Why is Yisachar given the name? I don't know. What does he know about names of Avoid Zara? Yoiv came to his father. Bekuvlana with a complaint, Rabba, a huge complaint. Al Shakina Shmei b'Shem Avodazara. Why am I called? Why do I have such a name? V'Nasan Le'Ois Mishmoi. So Yisachar said, "You know what? I have two shins. Take one. Take one." V'Hu Heishiv V'Nikra As V'Hu Ashin. Sorry. And V'Nikra Yashuv V'Alkein Nikra Yisachar Ki'ilu Nichtav B'Chad Shin. You know why Yisachar only has one? When you pronounce it, you only pronounce one shin because one of them he gave away. Ah, okay. <clears throat> so that's the expanded edition of Tosis. Who was the devil? I, yeah, I forgot his name. I once knew his name. Well, but say for Rabbeinu Ephraim, If you look in the manuscripts of Rabbeinu Ephraim, the, the Chidah is well known, always quotes from the... He found manuscripts on Chumash from Rabbeinu Ephraim. Who is that? Ephraim, uh, the werewolf, the werewolf man. Right? The werewolf man. <laughs> One of the Rishonim, the... Yeah, the werewolf. And Machs a student from werewolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I once had a big discussion with someone. Someone told me, someone told me, do I really believe that they, that they were werewolves just because Ben Ephraim said so? So I said, what do you believe? So he, te- no, 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 something. So he, he told me that Ben Ephraim was, was, uh, was influenced by his times. So I told this guy, Fakert, maybe you're influenced by your times. I mean, you don't believe because no one believes in it today, but how, who knows what there once was? Like, how, anyhow. He writes in Ksavyad Pashis Vayechi, Besoif Megaine Ashkenaz Hakadmoinim Kosav. All right, he says, Yisachar Nichtev Beshnei Shinim. It's written with two. 
In order there should be one extra for Yoiv, Shahoya Miban of Yisachar's son to call him Yashuv. Loy Mar Shahoyu Baale Yeshiva has a different word. Since Yisachar sat and learned, it wasn't just him, it was his kids. So therefore, Yoiv was called Yashuv. He was a Masmid. He was a Masmid. Why did he get the Shin later? He wasn't born a Masmid. You become a Masmid. He was called Yoiv. Then when he deserved the title, he became Yashuv. He became Yashuv. So that's a, it's a similar idea that the shin came from the father, but for a different reason. Then the Chidah says, oh, There's a Chumash printed in Amsterdam. With the Sefer, There's a note there, and it brings there from the Nachlas Yankiv. <clears throat> what does the Nachlas Yankiv say? The Nachlas Yankiv was about uh, 450 years ago. <clears throat> Rabbi Yankiv Solonik. The family came from Saloniki in Greece, so that's, that's the last name that they had. <clears throat> his father's name, his father was the Masas Binyamin. His father was Binyamin, the Masas Binyamin. A big rov. And the Nachlas Yankov wrote a sefer on Chumash, on Rashi. On Rashi. Now apparently he wrote, now I looked in his sefer, I couldn't find it anywhere, but I, I don't know where, he, I don't know exactly where the Nachlas Yankov said this, but the Nachlas Yankov says, ah, once you see this vart that Yisachar had two shins, but he gave one to his son. When did he give it to his son? In Parshas? Pinchas. So until Pinchas, you have to read it Yisachar. In Pinchas, he becomes Yisachar. In Pinchas, he becomes Yisachar. Yes, yeah, good, good. So that yes, yes, Sachar, maybe you need two shins. Exactly. Right. But then you take it away. <clears throat> To make into one word. Yeah. But uh, so this is what he says. Until, and this would fit whether based on the Devak Toiv and the second shot of mm-hmm. Toysus or Rabbein Ephraim's word, because it's all the same thing. Yisachar was called Yisachar, he was called Yisachar until he gave a shin to his son, which was in Pasha's Pinchas. So until Pinchas, it's always Yisachar. Pinchas, it becomes Yisachar. The Shail is in Pinchas, you, you read the word Yisachar before you read um, the word Yashuv. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, so after after you talk, you say Yisachar. The Shail is because you read the father's name first. You haven't yet encountered the idea of you. <laughs> Anyhow, this is what the Nachlas Yankov says. What to say this? Well, well, wait, wait, hold, hold, hold. So, in the fortieth year, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I know. In other words, chronologically, he complained, yeah, you saw, exactly, Yisach would have passed away well before the Eden left Mitzrayim, you know, in the early days. But the Vartis, I guess, you don't know it until you read that Pesach and Pinchas. Until then, the Torah hasn't given away the Shin. Taka, it's interesting. Now, there was a major, major grammarian named Reb Zalman Hena, Reb Shloim Zalman Hena, and he lived in the times of the Baal Shem Tov. He was a little bit older. He's born in 1687, about 10 years older than the Baal Shem Tov. And he was a brilliant mind, and he loved Dick. He lived in Germany. He was the man of Diktuk. He was huge in Diktuk. He wrote his first Sefer, I think, when he was 20, 21. And in it, he argues a lot on uh, the people before him. He wanted to make drastic, major changes in the Siddur. And many people accepted his work. Some people didn't. Who, the Alter Rebbe apparently accepted lots of things that he did. Like one example, one example, I heard this from Rabbi Raskin in London, who kochsich in the Alter Rebbe Siddur, you know that, that uh, originally in the Tilas Hashem Siddur we have, it used to say, 
Yitzir Nivra with the Yud, Yitzir Nivra. And the Rebbe made the Yud into a Vav, and in the early Sidurim, you can see that the line is not straight. It was the Rebbe Pasha took it out, you know, and they just uh, copied it, they copied it. And this diuk that it shouldn't be Yitzir Nivra, but Yitzur Nivra is from Zalman Hena. You know, see all you know, these types of things. And the Altarebek said the Vilnagon very much, Vilnagon was also a major medactic, and he, uh, he very much liked the works of Zalman Hena in Trop as well. And the Prima Godim, the Prima Godim quotes from him too. So you're talking about the biggest people of the, of the next generation, the Vilnagon, the Altarebek, the Prima Godim, they're quoting Zalman Hena. The problem was that what? Said. He just said that. It wasn't here. Oh, it wasn't. You said that. <laughs> but you could say it too. But you could say it. What? He said. He said. Davening is one thing. I don't. He had it was Bakur. Yeah, I think it was Eliyahu Bakur Sefer. Anyhow, either way, either way. No, that's what. you heard Davening. No, it was Musar. But I'll copon him. I'll copon him. <laughs> Reb Zalman Hanna lived in Germany, and to his luck, there was another fellow living then in Germany by the name of Yaakov Emden. Reb Yaakov Emden was about 10 years younger than him, <coughs> but Reb Yaakov Emden... <laughs> what? Reb Yainasen? Yeah. Reb Yaakov Emden argued with lots of people. But Amchal, he was in... Reb Yaakov Emden really took it up with many people, and Reb Yaakov Emden wrote a whole sefer called Luach Eres, arguing on hundreds and hundreds of things that Zalman Hena wrote. Reb Zalman Hena wrote a, a work back, Michsel Teva, the cover of the Teva, to, to answer back to many of Rabbi Yankov Emden's critique. Apparently, Yankov Emden was everything. He was everything. And took too, whatever, whatever was needed. You know, Rishaz, did he first decide to come out against the person and then he learned the wisdom? Of... <laughs> Anyhow, Yankov Emden was listening. You know, he got from Yankov Emden. He was uh, the greatest of the great. Here's the thing. Reb, um, Reb Zalman Hena was accused that a number of the approbations, Haskomas to his work were forged. One of the Haskomas forged Mazuyaf. One of the one of the Haskamas were from the Chacham Tzvi, Rabbi Yankiv Emden's father. Rabbi Yankiv Emden's father gave a Haskama to the Zalman, one of Zalman Hena's Farnam of Diktuk. Now, usually Yaakov Emden had a rule that if my father held of him, I hold of him too. But here he broke that rule. He tainted that my father never gave the Haskama, it was forged. But that just added fuel to the fire. You can imagine added fuel to the fire. Rabbi Zalman Hena writes that I once traveled to Amsterdam. And I heard Yankiv Emden is coming to town. He writes this, he says, he said, I went, Rabbi Zalman Hena didn't yet see the work Luach Edis that Yankiv Emden wrote, but he heard, he heard that Yankiv Emden had all these caches. He said, I found the guy, and I said, please, let's, let, you know, here and now, let's discuss it. You know, if you're right, I'll admit, but maybe I can explain to you why, why I think I'm right. And he says that Yankiv Emden denied the whole thing. He says, I know you're talking about I never wrote any of those things against you. And Zalman Hena says, I heard from many witnesses that, you know, he says that Yankee denied the whole thing. And when I asked him to have an, uh, you know, a fair conversation, he gave me the cold shoulder and he turned away. That's what he writes. 
And he also writes, he says, I read through Yankee Vemden's work, and he says, I was intellectually honest. And I said, if I, he said, if I find that any of his arguments are true, well, I would admit. But he says, I, so far, I haven't found anything yet. <laughs> he says, okay, so I haven't found anything that I think is right. In. Anyhow. But he wrote a set, Luach Hedis has hundreds of critique on Zalman Hena. Anyhow. This Zalman Hena gets involved in the Yisachar Yisachar debate. And he quotes this Nachlas Yankiv that the Chidor brings here. That until Pinchas you say Yisachar, and then from Pinchas you say Yisachar. And Zalman Hena says this is rubbish. It doesn't make sense. He said it's not like Ben Naftali or Ben Asher. The debate started 1100 years ago. Ben Asher said it's always Yisachar. Ben Naftali says always Yisachar. It's either one or the other. Well, you found a cute medrash, and therefore you, the the story is a cute story, but be, you know, but based on that, to make a new psak, we will end up reading it nishtahin nishtaher according to the rules of diktuk. You're in no man's land. He said it's rubbish. It's rubbish. And then he says further. He says, you know, one of the the, the reason why kids hate diktuk is because they when they're four years old they get a sheet about all the rules of shvon no and shvon noch. And the kids don't know what it means. They bring it to the parents. The parents are just as confused. It's complicated, you know. Instead of teaching all ten rules at once, you know, each year teach another one. You'll be much better off that way. <laughs> Anyhow, but uh, a shav- you have different types of shavuot. Sometimes you have you have yisroel. Is it yisroel or yisroel? If if the sin stays where it is, it's noch. If it shakes, if it moves, it's a shavuot no. So. This Zaman Hena said, you know why you can't pronounce the second sin? Because it can't be a Shvanna or a Shvanach. Why? He says, if it's going to be a Shvanna, a Shvanach, just uh, uh, simple, would be Yisoschar, then the Chof would have to be a Kof. There's a rule that following a Shvanach, what? It would have to be Yisoschar. Right, Yisoschar. He says, following a Shvanach, the letters of Beged Kefes, those six letters, would have to have a dot in it. So it can't be Yisoschor, it has to be Yisoschor. Maybe it's Yisoschor, but then he has another issue that would have to be something with the first shin, whatever the issue is. He says, because you can't have either a Shvonna or a Shvonach, therefore you can't pronounce it. In our, in our so he system. says Ben Asher is right, and boom. In our by the, the, you know, the stars, that's yeah. Right, again, we mentioned Altrebe Folodin. Eschem, right, 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 exactly, yeah. Because it would be a shvanach, then you have to exactly, great, exactly, great. Anyhow, so, so, so Reb Zalman Hennes says, you know why it has to be Yisachar? Because you can't pronounce the second shin, it can't be no or no. So, so far you have, the Ben Asher said it's always Yisachar. The Benezra and the Radak Paskin that way. Whenever it's double letters, you throw out the second one. Toysa said that clearly in number three. Um, Zalman Hena Paskin's that way. So is there another way to pronounce it? Well, you have the Nachlas Yankiv who says this whole Pasha's Pinchas business. It sounds rather strange. Well, well, there was a great Hasidic master known as Reb Tzvi Hersh of Zidichov. Reb Tzvi Hersh of Zidachov is one of the greatest Hasidic masters in the times of the Alter Rebbe, Mittler Rebbe. He was known as the Sar Beis Hazoyar. It's a play on words. 
Tsar Beis HaZoyer, the master of the Zoyer. He was a master Kabbalist, a mumcha in Zoyer particularly. In fact, the Malbim, the great Malbim, went to learn Kabbalah from the Tzvi Hersh of Zidashev. And then the Malbim wanted to come to the Rebbe Marash to learn Chidiz Chabad, and he was, uh, he was given the cold shoulder. But he, uh, he learned Kabbalah from the Tzvi Hersh of Zidashev. And by the way, Tzvi Hersh of Zidashev in the Welt is considered one of the greatest of the great. You know, Anyone that's an Enochul, they refer to themselves as Zidacheva Enochul. You know, it's a very, very chosh of a family. But, but um, the Alter Rebbe writes somewhere that he heard from the Mizritcha Magid that Zman, the time, is a complete creation. Bereshis Boralakim, the Abish to create Bereshis, as a Taishi, Pasha created time itself. In other words, before then, there was, forget about time the way we know it. There's no Indian of before, after. There is no Indian of time. And um, the Zidachova argued on that point. And the Zidachova said he doesn't believe the Magid ever said that. So if he would argue, is one thing. But he says the Magid never said it. Al Trebbe said he heard from the Magid. The Rebbe Rashab once had the Sefer of the Zidachova on his table. And when he heard, somebody told him that the Zidachova says, that he doesn't believe the Maggid said what the Rebbe says the Maggid said, the Rebbe Rashad pushed away the Sefer. Didn't want to open the Sefer. He was hurt. He was hurt. But either way, the Zidat was a very great man, no question about it. And he had a nephew known as the Kamarna, Yitzchak Isaac of Kamarna, who was also a huge Chsidish Rebbe. And the Kamarna was a Yosem, he was brought up. Okay. He was the Kamarna? The, Kam- the Kamarner Rebbe, that today, when I was in Australia teaching there, he once came then, he was giving out dollars, coins. Coins. It was a Shiloh if we were allowed to take. If we were allowed to take. Could be, could be. There was the whole Shalshelis, the whole Shalshelis of them. Anyhow, what? No, 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 no. The Kabel Kesef, Tamid Makabel. The Kabel Kesef, Tamid Makabel. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so the Kamarna was a Yosem when he was a young age, and he grew up in the house of his uncle, the Zidachever. And the Kamarna quotes often from his uncle. And the Kamarna writes, the Kamarna writes like this The Kamarna says Ben Naftali is right in this argument. The Kamarna Paskins in this argument, we Paskin like Ben Naftali. I, Menachem Dilunzono, said 500 years ago, a Baskal came out from heaven and said, the always halach is like Ben Asher. Not in this argument. Here, the Ben Naftali is right. You pronounce both chins. But you know how you pronounce it? Yis Socher. That's what the Kamarna says. In the name of his uncle. Yis Socher. Yis Socher. Yis Socher. Yis Socher is much easier. Yis Socher. No, quote is Alman Hena. No, it could make sense. It's the other way that doesn't. Yisoschor was a no, no go. This could make sense. Yisoschor, and he says he heard this from his uncle. And the Kamarna holds whenever you lay it, you always say both shins. None of this pasuk pinchas business, but it's always Yisoschor. And he says that's the opinion of Ben Naftali, and we pass him like Ben Naftali. So the number of chidushim, and we pass him back Ben Naftali. You always say double shin, and it's not Yisoschor. It's Yis. Socher. And he says he heard it from his uncle, the Zidat Funnily enough, in some other Sfodim, they quote the Zidat as saying, not like that, but saying like the Nachlas Yaakov, the Pasha's Pinchas business. 
the Pasha's Pinchas business. So there's a Shiloh, what the Zidat Shavah holds. His nephew, Ulechayra was his greatest Talmud, says he holds always Yis Sacher, always. And, uh, but other people quote, big people quote that the Zidat Shavah didn't say that. He said, you do say the double shin, maybe even Yis Sacher, but it changes by Pasha's Pinchas. There is a Pasha can tell him, Yisachar pi doivre shakar. It should be closed, the mouths of those that speak falsehood. So the Zidat Shavah said, Yisachar, it's with the Samach, Yisachar should be closed, like Vayisachar in Pashas Noyach. But he said, Yisachar pi, if you say Yisachar, doivre shakar, you're saying a lie. It's double, it has to be Yisachar, or Yisachar, double shin, double shin. So, so, <clears throat> The, the Kamana quotes this from his uncle that you always say Yisachar. <coughs> with two shins, Yisachar. And if you ever say Yisachar, you're a Dover Shekhar. But those that quote the Zidat Shavah that say it changes in Pinchas, they say, you know what? Yisachar P, P stands for Pinchas. Yisachar P, if you say Yisachar before Pasha's Pinchas, you're a Dover Shekhar, you're a liar. Because before Pinchas, it's Yisachar, the double shin. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, there's two, no, two opinions of the Shavar, but they both use the same remnants. They both use either the Kamarna, that it's always a double shin, and Yisach, if you ever say Yisachar, you're a P Dover Shaker. And the others say, no, Yisachar P is Pinchas. If you say Yisachar before Pinchas, you're a liar. It's Yis, Yisachar, or Yisachar, the two shins before, but it changes what's by Pinchas. The base, uh, the base <clears throat> Changing Pinchas is the Nachlas Yaakov. Nachzyanke was not a Rishon, he was uh, one of the Achreinim, but he's a big person. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying we should do this. I'm the Zichzog, no, this is Doshita. Then you have the Chsam Seifer. The Chsam Seifer said in a drosha, and he did this as well, the Chsam Seifer says, I take the reason of the Rashpam in number one and the Chizkuni, <clears throat> and the first reason of Tosis in number three, yes. that the reason there were two shins is because there's two reasons of why Leia had this boy. And one reason's not Sneistic, so we cover it over. But the Chsam Sofer said the first time, though, you have to read it with two shins. Before you cover over something, you have to, you have to know that it's there. The first time, you have to say what his name really is. His name is two shins? But we see that he's two shins. We know that it's two shins. The guy that's laning, what about the guys that are hearing? What about those that are listening? For those I that are listening. Okay. Yeah. They told me the first time. So it said oh, oh. So the Chsam Soifer says the first time. We'll get to that in a He said that the first time you say both. We'll see that in a second. The, 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 the Chsam Soifer says in Pashis Vayet say it's two shins. It's two shins. Vaiter, we cover over. Like Toysa says, ain't no Christ, but the first time you have to. The Chsam Soifer paskin this way. He did it. He did it. Meisel B'poyel and Pressburg, the Chsam Sofer did that. He's not the only one. Rabbi Yosef Shon Natanzen, the Rav in Lvov, Lviv, he says as well, the Yosef Shon Natanzen says in his Sefer Divrei Shol and Chumash, the first time we do Yisoscher like the Chsam, but I, he says, I, the grammarians, say that, it, that you always say Yisoscher. Most grammarians, we saw the Radak, the Ibn Ezra, Rabbi Zalman Hena, Menachem Di Lunzano, they all say Yisoscher. And they hold even Vayetze. Says Natanzan, the Medaktikim are not Kaveya Halacha. They could be right in Diktuk, it doesn't mean that you have to do it that way, La Halacha. So he says, the first time we want to, we want to say his full name, you say both shins. Afterwards, we Dafka want to cover over. So you have this, Ramosha Feinstein said you should do this way. Which way? Like the Sam Sofer. Vayetze, you do Yisoscher. 
Uh, uh. You say both shins. Then you come to this new machlekes. Is it yis sacher or yis sacher? So the no no. Moshe Feinstein apparently said you'd go like the Chassam Sofer and you and Natan Zon that in Vayetze you just say yis sacher. You just say both shins. Yeah. Yeah, the Sfaradim lo shamum yisel ma'olam. The Sfaradim always said Yisachar. They always went like Ben Asher. Yeah, like Menachem di Lozano. Yeah, that's what they said. The Minchas Shai as well. The Minchas Shai, one of the greatest medaktikim in the in the also the fifteen early sixteen hundreds. He says the Minchas Shai also said it's v'shor Yisachar. Right. Oh, the the the. the we say Right. So exactly, the Rebbe the Rebbe quoted our Pikabola from his father. Because it's Amon Hena. Okay, yeah, all right. That's Rebbe Lent. What? No, no, the, the Rebbe quotes from his father, the Blavik, that we don't say the second shin, because Yisachar was a man of Limadat Teireh. One shin is for Nigla, one shin is for Nistar. And the Nistar we don't say, we never say. So, so, so far we have, we're basically going to wrap up now, you have Ben Usher who said it's always Yisachar. The Radak goes that way, the Benezra, Toysus seems to say that way, the Chol Asfardim, Chol Chach Misfardim, the Chol, they all say, they all say Yisachar, and that's it, there was never, there was never an Indian. Um, ben Naftali always says double shin, which the is Yisachar, until the Kamar and the Zidachov come up with this new business, Yisachar. Then you have the Nachlas Yankiv, and also maybe the Zidachov that say it changes by Pinchas. Then you have the Chsam Seifer, Natans and under the Moshe Feinstein who say Vayetze is Yisachar and then Yisachar. But then it gets right, you have number five. Dan, this is from Pardis Yosef. There's another opinion I heard from Ephraim Manolosh Litesh, Shesipoloi Abal Koyre Bebeis Med Bishalayim, Shechakadmu Baal Yisrael. Oh, what's the meaning of Ger? The Beis Yisrael, Ba'atzmai Omar, the Beis Yisrael, the Rebbe of Ger a couple generations ago, he told the Balkair and Ger that Papam Harishoy Neshemuska, the first time it says Yisachar, which is in Vayetze, Yikra Beis Shemus, do it twice. Yisachar and then Yisachar. Umisham Ve'eluch, only Yisachar. So in Ger, there was a meaning that in Vayetze, similar to the Moshe Feinstein, that, that you pass in this way, but you actually do both. You do both. Yisachar, Yisachar. Yisachar. Okay, so look, I think only the Kaman and the Zidich are held of this Yisachar yeah, business. Yeah. The Bnei Yisachar, the Bnei Elimelech Medinev, his Sefer is called Bnei Yisachar. And people give, there's a, there's a tradition that he held, you always say Yisachar, the entire time. That's another opinion. According to the Tzvi Elimelech Medinev, you always say Yisachar. In other words, he passed him like Ben Naftali, that you always say double shin, but he disagreed with the Zidachov. It's not Yis Socher, it's Yis Socher. And that's why his name of the Sefer is Yis Socher. But there's one other opinion, and that is Reb Chaim Kanievsky needs to get a mention. So his, his, fa- his father, the stipler, Kanievsky, Kanievsky. for the middle of So his father, the designer, his father, the stipler, the stipler gone said that when he grew up, they used to, when they lay in Vayetze, they said, Yisoschar, Yisoschar, the opposite in Ger. The same idea that in Vayetze said both, but instead of Yisoschar, Yisoschar, it was Yisoschar, Yisoschar. And then Vayetze was only Yisoschar. Exactly. What? But uh, the meaning in the Bavitch, although there's so many different opinions, the meaning that we do is actually the most, uh, 
uh, Alpidiktuk is the most correct. You're taking out Medrashim and this and that. Alpidiktuk, the Minchas Shai Paskins that way, the Zalman Hena, Menachem di Lunzanu, the Radak, Ibn Ezra, and Ben Asher. And you have the Vort of Rablavik. All right. Are you wrong somewhere right now? Doesn't come? I have to quickly dive and then go teach. And then they all want to speak from me. Also, like, I want to speak to you about some things with the community. What, this isn't going well? No, Adarabah. Double down. I was supposed to text you before, but I texted you Friday. I don't know how long it's going to take. It might take just a... Okay, we could definitely, definitely start. Yeah? yeah. yeah. Okay. How do you understand from this? Straight? What are you saying? No, no, no. I, 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 yeah, you know, from the, from the, no, it's not from there. It's not from there. It's from... What do you say? They taught because the Chida, who taught him? I couldn't find who, who told you that to do Yisus? Someone told you. He said, about do both. Horuch. He did. Let's see if he. Let's see if he brings them. Um, no, this is on. This is on. Uh, it doesn't say. Both. Well, the answers are all the different the as much as you said you saw Which one first? Yeah. I don't know how you did it. So no, the first time. No. Medley, you said before we don't pass uh, Which one first? Okay, you saw so Everybody you or or you saw you saw That's the deal. Right? Didn't you say that? That's what nothing's in the That's his opinion. What's the problem? There's no reshame that back him up. So if you're going to go against people who are being Kaveh Allah, they're shaming already Kaveh Allah. No, 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 but the Chizkuni Rashbam didn't speak about how you pronounce it. There's only Taisus that ain't on a cross. This is, this Taisus, he's not Allah's safer. It's a Pesach Chumash. And Roger said, no, no, um, Natanzan agrees that Bukhlal ain't on a cross. The first time. The Rebbe said it pretty clear, if 